0: The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit w2mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video
1: games, football, and entertainment. And we are live to tape here on the W2M Network. This is The Kickoff, episode 10.2, Technically eleven. 11- <laughs> Technically 11 if you count the pre- the pilot show as an episode, I do, Sean doesn't, hence the 10.2, don't ask. I am your host, my name is Harry Broadhurst, welcome in everybody. Joining me as per usual, my co-host, Stephen Ur III.
2: How's it going everybody?
1: And as well, filling in for Brandon Biskubing this week, Eric Watkins. Back in at nearly
0: 100%, details to follow later.
1: Well we'll see how we'll see how super duper you're feeling after this Saturday night, Eric. Yeah, hey, 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 They're alive. hey. they are along. You- things that happen. <laughs> hey, I'll give you guys credit. You guys put in some work against VaTech. I got a chance to watch the replay of that game earlier in the week. Oh, was
0: glorious and nobody believed me.
1: <laughs> Alright, so real quick before we get to studs and duds, since Brandon isn't here, I feel the need to say this real quick. Um for the quarter one and quarter four of the Giants in St. Louis and what well, St. I'm, sorry, nice. I'm still calling St. Louis. Of the, the Giants and Los Angeles Rams game, the Giants would have won 14 to 10. Then quarters two and three happened. Woo! Los Angeles forty one to three. Goodbye, good
3: night. Yeah.
1: To still a line from an old radio show that I used to listen to when I was younger, the Arnie Spanier show, good night, sweetheart, it's time to go. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. And with that being said, we're going to go ahead and go right into studs and duds. Eric, your stud for the week, sir. You know, there's two
0: conferences in college football that absolutely abhor defense, the Big 12 and the Pac-12. One of those conferences, the Big 12, had a very important rivalry game on Saturday night. While I was attempting shenanigans and debauchery, one Baker Mayfield put on one hell of a show 598 yards, five touchdowns, and a very important 62 52 win, taking the Bedlam Trophy. That is beyond worthy. I'm earning my stud for this week.
1: <sighs> Nobody plays defense quite like the Big 12. Exactly, and that's why you watch.
2: Steven, stud, hit me. I'm going to poke some fun at you, Harry. My stud for the week is the Jets' defense because they had, uh, we talk about this in the group chat, eight sacks on Tyrod Taylor. Five, I know, came in the first half. I don't know if the eight is uh, accurate, but five sacks on Todd Taylor in the first half. And they were pretty happy about it, too. You see them dancing on the field before plays. They were having a lot of fun on last Thursday night.
1: Yeah, much though I hate to give Brandon credit, he kind of called this one. And as I said last week on this very program, if there's one thing that you can be sure of, Bills gonna Bills. <laughs> By which I mean we are going to lose games that we have absolutely no right losing. But just
0: remember, you're still somehow in the divisional race, at least
2: for now.
1: (laughs) Not only are we in the divisional race, as of right now, we are still a playoff
2: team. I believe they're the five seed.
1: If you would have told me... At the halfway point of the NFL season, because technically we just passed week nine, that is the halfway point, 17 weeks, nine, eight, whatever, right. that the Bills would have a playoff spot, I would have called you a liar. So frankly, I will take it as it is right now.
0: Well, case in point, you can even break it down to games played. Once the Cowboys game went final, that was the 128th game of the two hundred fifty six game regular season. So yes, we have passed the odds. And
1: also the halfway point. My stud for the week is T.Y. Hilton, who single-handedly won me a fantasy football game. Seven catches, 175 yards, and two scores. Nice of you to finally show up this year, T.Y. Great week to do it. Yeah! Yeah!
0: Well, I mean, he did kind of call out the offensive line and whatnot a little bit, so uh, and he had to have a game like that to avoid
1: foot-and-mouth disease. Yes. Somebody really, really almost liked the taste of shoe leather. <laughs> Since he's not here, he gave us his picks to pass along to you all. We'll have to get his updated predictions for the division races and stuff next week, which is kind of unfair because you will have an extra week ahead of us, but we'll get to that when we get to it. Brandon stud for the week was Marquise Brown. Uh Eric Pick Baker Mayfield, who had 598 yards passing. 265 of them and two of the touchdowns were to Marquise Brown. Yeah,
0: an, 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 an OU school record at that. That is impressive in of itself. 62 52. Oh, you know, secretly, you love it. Mm-hmm. I mean, think of it this way you got your first college basketball score of the season.
2: <laughs> oh, there you go.
1: I got to give you—I got to give you credit, Eric. That was good, and especially since I'm getting ready to start watching college basketball this Friday night. All right, huh? let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and flip it and reverse it over to stud, over to duds, shall we? Let's Eric, you start us. Who's our who's your dud for the week?
0: You know, for a guy who's coming back to a team, you would think he still knows a majority of the offense. He still has good mechanics. And even though he's going up against a formidable defense, he has enough fortitude to know what he's doing and not look stupid. Well, Brock Osweiler apparently didn't get that memo. Nineteen of thirty-eight for two hundred eight yards and a lone touchdown against the Eagles. Yes, it's the Eagles, but I mean, you couldn't do at least a teeny bit better than that nap blowout? No. You, sir, are a dud.
2: Lose Harry? Uh oh. Well, I guess I'll go ahead and do my dud. The Atlanta Falcons. I said it before the season. People thought I was crazy. That the Falcons are going to start for a big hangover and miss the playoffs. Well, well, well. We're halfway through the season. The Falcons are have suffering a hangover, looking like they missed the playoffs. Uh the reason they're not dead for this week is because they were up ten nothing against Cam Newton, who just got rid of his top target. They gave The Buffalo up. <laughs> They they out the Fal- the Panthers outscored the Falcons the rest of the way twenty to ten. Or maybe it was seventeen nothing, I don't remember. The Falcons blew a big blew another big lead. This time against Cam Newton who just lost a top target. That is why the Falcons are my dud for the week.
1: Does anybody remember at the start of the year when we did our predictions and I said the Falcons wouldn't be a playoff team? I
0: said the same thing. Yeah, I was also one of the ones that said the Falcons would fall off a cliff.
1: Four Four and four four at the halfway point.
2: Great minds think alike.
1: And in a (laughs) division that is loaded with teams with some talent, if not questionable scheduling my dud for the week well Stephen kind of touched on it and as i said earlier bill's gonna bills <laughs> buffalo's offense had seven points until late in the fourth quarter a pair of drives including a fluky onside kick recovery somehow managed to pull us back to within 14 points it would get no better Final score Jets 34 Bills 21. Tyrod Taylor, you are the quarterback of a playoff team. It's time to start playing like it. Well, well, hey, at
0: least the Jets and Bills learned from their Christmas tree game.
1: That's something. I that I'm drawing a blank on that reference. Uh,
0: Bills all red color Rush uniforms Jets all oh.
1: oh yeah The color Rush shenanigans From Thursday Night Football last year I watched that game at the bw 3s Buffalo had No offense in that game either
0: Yeah funny funny how You get those moments of deja vu you, and oh. Maybe They tried red they tried white Maybe next year they
1: try blue America <laughs> I mean, it can't be any worse. We played just as bad as they played in Buffalo to start the season. True. True. And the announcers themselves more or less pointed out the fact that it was a complete reversal of the scoring that happened in Buffalo. Of... (laughs) Basically, the amount of rushing yards by the two teams, the amount of total yards by the two teams, the margin of victory was just slightly tilted towards the Jets' favor. Buffalo won twenty-one twelve, 12 in Buffalo. The Jets obviously won 34-21 on Thursday night.
0: Well, if, if anything, you've created yourself a great scenario
1: if it comes down to tiebreakers. So... Brandon's not here, but his dud for the week is the Ohio State defense, and frankly, I can't blame him. Okay, I get that Kinnick Stadium is not the easiest place to play. Ask Michigan last year what they thought of that. Yep. Ooh, but Michigan did not. But Michigan did not get fifty-five hung on them by Iowa.
0: Yeah, that's. I mean, still. In I I'm going to talk about Iowa a little bit later on, but 55 to the fuck, guys. That that is not an Urban Meyer team. I'm sorry.
1: Uh real quick, JT Barrett, how we were talking about you possibly suppl- supplanting Saquon Barkley as the Heisman favorite last week with your win over Penn State. Yeah, well about that. Uh huh. Uh-huh. We'll talk Heisman predictions a little bit later on in the show when we do our predictions for the Final Four in the college football playoff. Speaking of prediction time, gentlemen, um, usually this is the part of the show where we would have our So That Happened segment. However, this is our mid-year spectacular for the kickoff, and therefore, instead of doing any So That Happened, buy-or-sell arguments, or get-it-togethers, we will instead be presenting our mid-season awards for the NFL, our updated NFL playoff predictions, and our updated college football playoff predictions, as well as our front runner for the Heisman Trophy. Let's start with a simple one, in my opinion. Let's start with Coach of the Year.
0: Eric? You know, even though I can't stand their uniforms because they still haven't completely gotten it in my mind. There, it, it takes a certain someone to get a semi ragtag group of players and have them, as it was described last year, not play a high school offense. There was a young man who happens to be the same age as myself who took on that job with vim and vigor. And what do you know? That team, uniforms aside, Lead their division in a little bit of a surprise two horse race. That team is along at Los Angeles Rams and my mid season coach of the year, Sean McVay. Don't don't scrimp on us millennials, people.
2: Steven. when your team has the best record in the league, sometimes it's because you have a good coach. Uh, and a lot of people are gonna probably not going to agree with me here, but Doug Peterson. I mean, he has he's got his team eight one, seven straight wins. The defense is killing it. The offense is killing it. I know, you know, I know Carson Wentz playing an MVP and all that, but at all, at the end of the day, like people are going to look at the coach, and be like, if your team is good, it's because you're good. If your team's bad, it's because you're bad. And that's why I have Doug Peterson as my coach of the year halfway through the season.
1: Eric makes a valid point for Sean McVay, but I side with Steven on this one. My pick for coach of the year at the midway point is Doug Peterson of the Philadelphia Eagles as well. They are 8-1 in a division that they were expected to finish probably third and maybe fourth. Because going into this year, there is no doubt in my mind that most people had that as a two-horse race between the Cowboys and the Giants. The The Giants are what they are. Dallas, much the same as Buffalo, has been horrendously inconsistent this year.
0: Yeah, I, I I can't fault my own logic on that one, simply because I had the Cowboys winning. I had the Giants as a wild
1: card, so y- you got me on that one. <laughs> so the kickoff midseason coach of the year is Doug Peterson. about comeback
2: player of the year, Steven? Oh, this is good. Because a lot of people think. what do you think, comeback player of the year? You're thinking, you know, this guy had an injury. He's coming back. He's killing everybody. No. This guy just sucked last year, and he's coming back, and he's killing everybody. <laughs> and I didn't like him coming out of college because I thought, what did he do? He didn't do anything. He had one good game. He went first overall. It was disgusting. I couldn't believe it. But now, I'm falling for Jared Goff. My comeback player of the year. The guy's killing it after a really bad year. After being drafted first overall after throwing six touchdowns against Air Force. I can I still understand that but he's showing he's showing something now. he is my comeback player of the year halfway through the season.
1: We're gonna dominate Minnesota we're gonna get, take on Minnesota on Monday night and we're gonna beat their ass um you had three carries. But but, but I can do so much more. I can do so much more. Uh, you're sitting down behind Mark Ingram. Well, fine, trade me. Okay, we will. My comeback player of the year, now that he's gotten a second chance this season, is Adrian Peterson of the Arizona Cardinals. The second that trade went through, Peterson's value skyrocketed in terms of both actuality and in terms of fantasy. Adrian proceeded to put up back-to-back 100-yard-plus games in his debut with Arizona and is going to be a driving force when Arizona goes into Seattle this Thursday night. It's something that a lot of viewers are going to tune in to see as well. I'm giving my comeback player of the year to Adrian Peterson.
0: You know what? 101 carries, 395 yards, two touchdowns between the two different teams. And even as an older guy, after multiple surgeries, knowing that you're the man and you can still tote the rock, I agree with Harry. You may not like him for everything previously, but I very much respect him for what he's doing on the field. Hashtag all day.
1: That is going to move us. All right, so are we combining this into one prediction or are we doing offensive and defensive rookie? We'll
2: just do one, one rookie of the year.
1: See, because that, that actually changes my pick. Oh, does it? Okay, well, this is we're going to do this as current rookie of the year because obviously that my prediction, I'm going to go first here since you guys have each gone first on the first two questions. I'm going to do this as my current rookie rookie of the year, because it's not going to stay that way since what just happened happened here. My current rookie of the year is Deshaun Watson. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Unfortunately, it's not going to stay that way. Odds are Kareem Hunt of Kansas City is going to end up running away with this. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: But for the first half of the regular season, Deshaun Watson has taken the Houston team from also ran to probably the AFC South favorite. Uh, And now... And now they're back to also-ran now that Tom Savage is once again at the helm of this team. Oh, that helps me so
0: much. Because, I mean, think about it.
1: Second-highest scoring offense in the league.
0: Nearly 1,700 yards, 19 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, and completing almost 62% of his passes. Not to mention, look what he did in Seattle. Yeah, you still saw some rookie mistakes, but... A first-year guy in Seattle and in New England to nearly pull those out? Yeah, it's a a damn shame what happened. And even though it wouldn't help my Jaguars,
1: hey, get yourself healthy and get better soon. I was completely wrong about this kid coming out of college. I thought for sure he was going to be a bust. I, 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 I I will be the first person to admit that I was wrong.
0: Yeah, I I knew he had some talent. I just didn't know he would be this special this soon.
1: All right, my honorable – since we appear to be in agreement for the midseason rookie of the year, my honorable mention for rookie of the year is the guy that I would have given it to had we done done separately for defense, and that is Buffalo cornerback Tredavious White. The secondary has been a key part of the Buffalo defensive reinvigoration – And getting Micah Hyde from Green Bay and pairing him with Tredavious White in that secondary is a big part of the reason why. He leads rookie cornerbacks in deflections. He's tied for the lead in rookie cornerbacks for interceptions. Uh, I I would have given mine
0: to TJ Watt, living up to his brother's name, leading rookies in sacks with four. Let's face it, Pittsburgh traditionally known for defense, kind of getting back to that more this season, even though, hey, they're leading the division in a huge part thanks to the likes of Big Ben and JJ and Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, TJ Watt would have gotten my vote in that sense.
1: All right, Steven, out of curiosity, since we both gave our defensive rookie of the year, who would have been yours?
2: Hey, you know, to be honest with you, I had nothing for the offensive defense rookie of the year. Mostly because I'm an offensive guy, and I don't pay much attention to much defense. So I would guess I would just go with T.J. Watt because I've seen what he'd done before he got injured. He did pretty well. As far as offensive rookie of the year, had Deshaun Watson stayed healthy, he would have won rookie of the year. So then my my, second, my offensive rookie of the year would have been Kareem Hunt. Because I did not expect him to do what he's done so far.
1: No, I think the argument can definitely be made that with the injuries suffered by Spencer Ware during the preseason, Kareem Hunt is almost single-handedly responsible for keeping that Kansas City backfield in check.
2: Hey, let it be known before the season started, Sean told uh, Sean and uh, somebody else in the, our WTS group chat told me, "Don't sleep on Kareem Hunt," but I sleep on Kareem Hunt. I'm <laughs> awake now. I'm awake now. <laughs> Gun got woke. Oh yeah.
1: Defensive Player of the Year, Eric. You start.
0: All right, now, call this what you will, but for a team that has been surprisingly insane on defense, enough to inspire a nickname, and it takes a lot for defenses to get nicknames, it doesn't happen. For someone to lead the league with 11 sacks at this point of the year, yeah. You call it a homer pick if you like. I'll wear that because my Defensive Player of the Year, the Mayor of Saxonville, Calais Campbell.
2: Steven. That was a good one, Eric. I like that. Uh, my Defensive Player of the Year almost never played football because he was holding out last, season, last off season due to contract issues. I don't believe he played, like, first four games of the last season, whatever it might have been. He's already almost tied his career high halfway through the season. Eight and a half sacks, 38 combined tackles, 11 assisted, I believe. Joey Bosa is kicking ass and taking numbers. My defensive player of the year is Joey Bosa. I love what the kid's done coming out of where to play, Ohio State, I believe. I know his brother plays Ohio State. He yep, was so.
1: he was at Ohio State. He was the, he was
2: an outside linebacker for the Ohio State University. He's kicking ass and taking numbers. That is my defense player of the year. Even though I had to give an honor mention to Kalas Campbell for the eleven sacks.
1: Uh, you're going to love my defensive player of the year thus far, uh, Steven. Oh boy! Because I may hate the team, but I respect the player.
2: I have a feeling on who it is now.
1: Demarcus Lawrence,
2: Dallas nope. Cowboys yeah he got uh, that wasn't what i was thinking of but hey, it's a good one though
1: 31 tackles 11 assists ten and a half sacks and a forced fumble for a dallas defense that is admittedly doing a lot better than i thought they would do this year Oh
2: yes so much better than i thought they would yeah it
1: physically pains me to say that <laughs> but my pick for defensive player of the year is demarcus lawrence
0: But hey, you won't have to worry about another meeting in the Super Bowl this season. So it's all good.
1: (laughs) Buffalo's Buffalo's schedule is evil, by the way. Oh, honorable mention for Defensive Player of the Year to Micah Hyde, who happens to lead the league in interceptions.
2: Hmm. Another guy's people slept on coming out of Green Bay. People will tell me, oh, Micah Hyde's not that good. I knew he was good. Now he leads league picks. What's up? And up until that Jets game, Buffalo
1: led the league in plus-minus. <laughs> until we managed to put the ball on the ground four different times. again. Never mind. Don't get me started. <laughs> all right. Let's go ahead and get into the next topic of discussion here, and that would be Offensive Player of the Year. Steven, you go first this time.
2: Uh, I've been hating on him all year, but he's, his numbers are still good. And he's still the GOAT. Tom Brady is the Offensive Player of the Year because he's not the MVP right now. But he is the Offensive Player of the Year.
1: Um, Disagree with Offensive Player of the Year and MVP. He's neither right now. My Offensive Player of the Year right now, and it physically pains me to say this because me and Robert, host of MMA to the Max here on the W2M Network, have this beef all the time. My Offensive Player of the Year right now is Alex Smith.
2: mm. Uh, it is
1: very hard to argue with what Alex has done to lead Kansas City to their current 6-3 and three record.
0: That, e- exactly why I considered him, but I saved him for something else. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> Dramatic <laughs> reverb. But honestly, for Offensive Player of the Year, uh, 23 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, 2,262 yards, 16.5% completions. Uh, Welcome to wentz ladies and gentlemen. Carson Wentz of the Mighty
1: Bison of North Dakota State. He is my Offensive Player of the Year. Wow. Yes. Funny that you mention him, Eric, because we go straight from Offensive Player of the Year to MVP of the first half. And my pick for MVP of the first half is Carson Wentz.
2: Yeah,
1: same here. Eight and one. As Eric just mentioned, almost 2300 yards with 23 touchdown passes. Five picks granted, but I mean, it's it's a defensive-based league now. Their defensive defensive backs are a lot better about being able to read routes, jump routes. The fact that he has 23 touchdown passes to go with it for an almost 5 to 1 ratio though, and he has led his team from seemingly out of nowhere to the best record in the NFL by almost two full games over his closest opponents. To me, it has to be Carson Wentz.
0: Mm, but you know what's better than 2,262 yards? I'm listening. 2,444 yards. And you mentioned that nearly 5-to-1 inter- or touchdown interception ratio. Try 18-to-1. And a quarterback rating of almost 114.
1: Alex Smith.
0: Correct. I'm sorry, but the man far too underrated. You give him the right amount of help, the right coach. I mean, the man has been to an NFC championship
1: game. Yeah. How's, how, just real quick here. How's that feeling, San Francisco.
0: Yeah, I I mean, and even then, as a backup, he still led you a good portion of the way before Kaepernick took over when you got to a Super Bowl. Boy, don't you wish you had him out west
1: again? Hashtag the real MVP. Steven, I believe you said you agree with me with Carson Wentz.
2: Yep, I mean, best record in the league. He's on pace for 46 Touchdown passes this year, which would out clearly be an Eagles record, and would be the third most in league history. If I'm not mistaken, behind or Tom Brady, and fourth, oh. fourth, Manning, oh. Brady, Marino. That's right. But well, uh, technically,
1: it's technically it's twenty-three and nine games, so he's actually on pace for closer to forty-two touchdown
2: passes, but still
1: ridiculous. Indeed.
2: Yeah, with a guy like Nelson Aguilar, see <laughs> can happen. That guy's been a monster for the Eagles offense. I love what he's doing.
1: Not to mention managing to work in new guys such as Al- Alshon Jeffrey into the mix as well. Oh, yeah. And bringing in
0: some of your plays from your college days to work near perfection. Yeah, that, that, that takes a lot of very good execution on your part. I had to make
1: some monster throws. Obviously, these are only the halfway point predictions here. We will have our official end-of-the-year awards show once the season goes final and we celebrate uh, Super Bowl 52.
2: Yes. Yes.
1: Yes. And that'll be in February. So, obviously, we'll have our end-of-the-year wrap-up show with all of our awards handed out there as well. And for the record, gentlemen, we are going to factor in playoff results into our end-of-year awards. Fair enough. Fair enough. And with that, speaking of the end-of-year results and Super Bowl 52, it's time to pick the 12 teams that we feel will be vying for Super Bowl 52. It is now time for our updated NFL playoff predictions. We'll start in the AFC East, and I think this one's going to be pretty much unanimous. Much though I don't want it to happen, I think it does happen. New England wins the East, correct? Yeah, it's theirs to lose. Oh, no. All right, let's talk NFC, NFC North now. Uh, Pittsburgh's got a, I believe, two-game lead on Baltimore currently. Two and a half. So Baltimore is four and five? Yep. yep. Okay, Uh, there's no way Baltimore's getting back into this race. This is a Pittsburgh team that is loaded with talent. Their defense has gotten so much better than they were last year. Big Ben is finally playing like the quarterback that he has been over the course of the previous decade. And if this is to be the end of the run for Big Ben, they're taking him out with an AFC North title.
0: At the bare minimum, because they want to try to do for him what he did for the bus. The bus stuck around, gave him that one more year, and he got to retire in his hometown as Super Bowl champion. Now, do I think this is a Super Bowl caliber Pittsburgh team? Absolutely not. But division title, home playoff game at Heinz Field, the big catch-up bottle. Who knows what could happen? But right now, they're taking care of enough business. Enough of a cushion, especially 3-0 and in the division so far. Yeah, Pittsburgh's got this one.
2: Plus, uh, with a quarterback like Joe Flacco, it's very pretty hard to win a division, especially going up against the, the Steelers, who I believe are the best team in the AFC right now.
1: Well, they currently have the best record in the AFC. No. Tied with New England, but they win the tiebreaker according to the ESPN playoff prediction, the current ESPN playoff standings. I believe it is a three-way tiebreaker between Pittsburgh, Kansas. Well, Kansas City six and three now, but in a three-way tiebreaker between Pittsburgh, New England, and Kansas City, Pittsburgh would win it based on winning percentage of com- of common opponents. Uh huh. Yeah, those common opponent games
0: and conference records always a big boost when you beat everybody who's playing everybody else. <laughs>
1: So that takes, us to the NFC, that takes us to the AFC South. Steven, or sorry, Steven, Eric, don't homer here. Who's your pick? Huh. Well, you say don't
0: homer, but I mean, <laughs> come on now. <laughs> Ever since Watson went down, I'm like, with our defense, we have some sort of mediocre chance. And that means the people around here would go crazy. And the fact that even with wearing the teal uniforms, we finally won at Everbank. Oh, it's going to be a close one. But I think i have to give the Jaguars the edge over Tennessee. Our front seven on defense. Ah, come on now. Saxonville. We're open. We're
1: welcoming visitors. I will admit, the win over Cincinnati in Jacksonville was impressive. The fight was even more impressive. We'll talk about that in a few seconds. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Steven, who you got, AFC South?
2: Uh, The words of Fleet Corso Eric. not so fast, my friend. uh, I mean, yeah, the Jaguars are going to win the division because their defense is stellar. That is an understatement. I don't think it's going to be too close because Marcus Mariota is not playing as well as he has the past couple of years. And the Titans are not the team that we expected them to be. Eric Decker hasn't done anything. And, yeah, the team just hasn't clicked because what's expected, like me. I expect the Titans to win the South. They're not going to win. It's going to be the Jets. For the first time, Is what? Did the Jaguars win the division? I remember they played in the playoffs in 2007. Beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh. But did they, did they win the division that year? I don't think so. Okay, No. So if not, no. If I'm, mistaken, if I'm mistaken, the Jaguars have not won the AFC South or – have won a division since God. I want to say ninety six when they beat the Broncos in the playoffs. Mm, ninety nine, AFC 99. Central, and when we went fourteen and two for the first time since nineteen ninety nine, the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to win a division title. It's gonna. It's. I mean, just thinking about it right now, it's like wow, this is actually happening.
1: Eric, uh, 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 <laughs> Eric, yes. Correct me if I'm wrong. Your quarterback's still Blaine Gabbert, right? What? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, sorry, not Blake Gabbard. Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles.
0: <laughs> yes, but we don't need him as much. We got Leonard Fournette. As long as he shows up to workouts and team meetings and takes okay.
1: photos, yeah. we're okay. <laughs> okay, but given the – given the com- I don't know where I got Blaine Gabbard from. Oh, no. I, I a,
0: suffered through a 2-14 and 14 Blaine Gabbard season. I apologize.
1: I meant to say Blake Bortles. I'm sorry, but when it comes down to the running back quarterback pairing of Blake Bortles and Leonard Fournette versus Marcus Mariota and DeMarco Murray, I, I, I not to mention Derrick Henry, I, I have to go Tennessee here. I'm sorry.
0: No, that's why I said it would be a close one, but just as a factoid, and I know this is only... Nine weeks in, scoring difference, Tennessee minus 12, Jacksonville plus
1: 89. I am just saying. Okay, divisional records are – how the hell do they have the tiebreaker? They got the head-to-head tiebreaker over you, don't they? Uh, Oh, yeah. yeah. Didn't they hang like 40 on you back in
0: week two? Yes, but that – we don't talk about that. That was only week two. (laughs) That was before stuff and the okay. Teal, and
1: yeah. Okay, but as of right now, that causes Tennessee to currently have the divisional lead, does it not?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. O- only be a tiebreaker. Tiebreakers
1: change and things. I think you guys have a definite chance to make the playoffs. It won't be as divisional champions. That honor goes to the Tennessee Titans. All right, let's go ahead and move out west, my friends, as we go to the AFC West. This is Kansas City's race to lose, is it not? Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I think Oakland's going to come on a little bit too late here. The Chargers are adrift. The Broncos have, oh, uh, garbage at quarterback. So, yeah, Kansas City.
2: I believe it's too little, too late for the Raiders already. The Chiefs are dominating most for most time, even though they've lost three or four, but they're still playing good football. I am feeling they've already blocked with division. I don't know if I'd go that far with
1: Oakland only two games behind them and them still to have to play Oakland once again. I think Oakland can definitely make a run here, but I do think Kansas City wins the division. Yeah, I, I
0: say Oakland is definitely going to come on and make it a race, but I think they you know... Teeny bit too deep of a hole.
2: Yeah, I mean that game that game against the Chiefs is in Kansas City. Whoever happened last year on Thursday night when the Raiders is in Kansas City. They got their asses kicked. Yeah, but also remember what happened on a Thursday night this year
0: on the eighth and final last play of the game.
2: Good point.
1: <laughs> looking at Denver's ske- or not Denver, Oakland schedule for the rest of the year, it's not looking fun.
0: No. Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, they still have home for New England this Sunday in the national broadcast. How that game is a national broadcast, I'm not entirely sure. Well, that's because that's the game in Mexico City. Yeah, it's in Mexico. Ah. Next Sunday is a national broadcast as well against Denver. That'll change.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: Flex. Home for the Giants, national broadcast 425. Nope, that'll change.
2: Oh, boy. Flex.
1: <laughs> but then it is it is back to back to back disasters for Oakland at Arrowhead. Oh boy! Boom. Home for Dallas. Bring it on. At Philadelphia. Yikes! Ouch! Uh, that that
0: schedule
1: that schedule alone is enough to tell me Kansas City wins the division.
0: Here, don't just hold this L. Hold a couple more while you're at it. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Ooh.
1: I, I believe I believe that would be as close to a K thanks bye as far as divisional hopes that we may have seen this entire calendar season. <laughs> Alright, now comes the fun part, gentlemen. We've given our division picks. Now we have to pick some wild cards. Ah, uh, I don't want a homer. I don't want a homer. I don't want a homer because I don't want to jinx us. But I'm gonna get my hopes up, and I swear to god, these bastards better not let me down.
2: <laughs> He's so mad. <laughs>
1: A 9-7 and seven Buffalo team is the sixth seed in the AFC.
0: Harry, would it make you feel better if I hopped on that bandwagon with you?
2: Oh, I'm on there. It would.
0: Yeah. I, I, the number of times I have to start a season by saying the Bills are a legitimate threat, only to be disappointed. This year, I kept my mouth shut. Now I'm staying it. The Bills are a legitimate threat. Welcome back to the playoffs, potentially.
1: <laughs> well, not to mention, as of the halfway point in the NFC, there are seven teams at or above 500. The, a- the NFC is a lot more difficult right now. The AFC has seven teams at or above 500 right now. Buffalo is one of them at five and three. My other wild card pick is the Jacksonville Jaguars. You're welcome, Eric. Yeah, well, I was going to pick Tennessee as my
0: other wild card anyway, simply because looking at Baltimore, looking at Oakland, and I'm thinking to myself, that's ah, kind of game over. This is going to be one of those interesting three, six, four, five, four, six kind of division races. Once you
1: hit to the latter stretch of the season. Yeah, I have a funny feeling that whoever I have a funny feeling that whoever doesn't win, the AFC South is going to the team that does in the four or five opening wildcard weekend game.
0: Yep. Oh
1: God, that oh my God. I which don't... means which means that you would play Tennessee at Everbank if your scenario comes correct. Good oh. luck with that, Eric. Oh, I'm not
0: saying that just for the game. The fans, I, Oh Christ! Oh God! No! 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 All right, oh. Steven.
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm I got. I I'm looking at the playoff team right now. The Pittsburgh one, New England two, Kansas City three. I have Jacksonville four because I haven't won the division. I'm putting Buffalo at the five seed because I feel like they're a better team than Tennessee. I don't know if they play each other this year, but I do think Buffalo is better than Tennessee. So Buffalo Buffalo. 5, Tennessee at 6.
1: Buffalo and Tennessee do not play this year to my
2: knowledge. Oh. Regardless, I have Buffalo up at 5.
1: Buffalo played... Hold on, I'm looking for the AFC South opponent. Buffalo plays Indianapolis on December 10th.
2: Okay, so no Titans this year.
1: No Titans, no Jacksonville. Oh,
0: that's part of me saying that's a relief, but that's just so many mixed blessings.
1: What really scares me is if my scenario comes true, there is a very distinct possibility that wild card weekend, Buffalo may have to go to Gillette Stadium.
0: Oh! What?
1: Because I think it's going to end up Pittsburgh one, Kansas City two, New England three. Wow! You no, know, that's with uh, with New England's defense. That's likely. Yeah, I see both with that one. <laughs> I'm I'm saying both New England and Kansas City finish twelve and four, and Kansas City has the head to head tiebreak. True. Yeah. Oui. And Pittsburgh has a much easier uh, Pittsburgh has a much easier divisional run of it down the stretch. They still have to play Cleveland again. So, yeah, win. <laughs> uh, that leads me to one last question for the AFC before we get to the NFC. Here, does Cleveland get off the Schneid, or do they Detroit?
2: I say they Detroit. Oh boy, let me look at the schedule. Well, they're in Detroit. Uh, ironically, they're in Detroit this weekend, so that's a loss. They'll be uh, 0-9 by the end of Sunday. They play Jacksonville at Everbank. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, wait. that's that, that game's in Cleveland, actually. Oh, it is in Cleveland. Oh, Cleveland. That, that, that's a at loss. At the Bengals, at the Chargers, host the Pack. Ooh, that's interesting. They might actually beat the Packers on December 10th. Look out for that one. Host hey. the Ravens, at the Bears. See, and I think serious. that
1: I think at Soldier's probably their best chance to win a game.
2: Yeah. That or that or hosting the Packers because I don't know how Brent Huntley will do. Uh, Brent Huntley, Huntley think is going to get better. Mitchell
1: I think Brent <laughs> Huntley's going to get benched between now and then.
2: Who's their, who's their, who's their third string then?
1: Uh, it doesn't matter. He has to be better than what Brent Huntley's played like. <laughs> Fair enough. True. All right, gentlemen, shall we switch over to the NFC? Hold on, yes. hold on. Are
4: we really blaming Brett Hundley on the problems here?
1: I'm it's not no. Brett yes, Hundley's are fault. Are yes, we are. I mean,
4: no, it's not. not. That, is, that is all. They're calling place for him to throw stupid screen passes and other things, and I'm going through somebody's microphone. And it's just – Watching that game, that didn't look like his fault. That they're deciding to throw badison. Devonta Adams could have caught two of those deep passes that would have uh, changed the game at that point. I don't think they were going to beat the Lions ever. That's just too good of an offense. That defense is also pretty bad. Let's not let's not mince words there either. They weren't getting pressure on Stafford. They weren't. Uh, the, the the corners weren't. They couldn't uh, defend Jones. Or Tate at all. So this isn't like the Broncos where Simeon and uh, Oswald are just inept. Okay. This is just nobody's really helping him either. I, I just can't blame it all on him yet.
1: For the record, if you want more of Sean's predictions and his uh, midseason award winners, tune into Football to the Max here on the W2M Network. Thanks, Sean. There you go. <laughs> All right, give Sean a cheap plug, and we'll move on to the NFC predictions here. And we'll start in the NFC East. I mean, <sighs> it, it, really? this 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 race is over before it began.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, honestly, it's to the point to where how many more games are the Eagles going to lose?
1: Uh, the answer to that question is zero, Fifteen and one.
2: Oh, oh whoa! Uh, hold on, oh, whoa, whoa! No. Is, is,
1: are you sure
4: Harry's not a Philadelphia fan? Yeah, they're off this Cow. week. They're, they're losing Dallas to the, the Cowboys
2: night. at least once. I'm telling you that right next, now. Next, next Sunday, November nineteenth, at Dallas no. Sunday night football. Nope, they're taking the L. They're Let's losing go. to the Cowboys yes. at least one. Yes, Dallas is
1: taking the L next no, Sunday no, night. No. You are one hundred percent correct. <laughs> No, I don't think so.
4: Wait, hold on. Didn't you say that about the Chiefs? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, I, I
1: I may have got that one wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Maybe, maybe just a little bit on that.
4: I Respect will say he has a better Seattle chance than Zeke. Los does not. We'll find out. On All right. If,
1: Zeke's if, if 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 it if they don't go fifteen and one, they go fourteen and two.
2: Nope. Thirteen uh, and three. At yeah, I was gonna say it. thirteen and three is the most likely because they still play at Seattle and at Los Angeles. Thirteen and three at best. Houston
1: almost went into Seattle and beat Seattle. Wentz is playing better than Watson was. Yeah, still, I think
0: Seattle's kind of bitter about that one. The fact
2: game, 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 game by game basis.
0: Yeah. Go ahead. I, I get that Seattle is going to be extremely bitter about that game, and they're going to shore up bunch of issues up. You already saw how they bounced back defensively against Washington. Yeah. Wentz, he, he may be king in the mountain time zone, but
1: Pacific time zone not so much. Are you going to give us the game by game, Stephen?
2: Well, for the Eagles, they're off this week at Dallas when... Host the Bears, win, win. at Seattle. Lost. No, that's a t- that's a toss up, but I'm inclined to
1: favor Philadelphia at Los Angeles. Which Los Angeles
2: Rams? That's a loss. Ooh,
1: that's a fun game. That is
2: a fun game. Matt Carson, the, Matt Carson Gman. <laughs> Sorry, Brandon. Host in Oakland. Host win. Dallas. So about thirteen three. I'm still saying fourteen. And, I'm still saying fourteen and two. It could, it's possible, but I still say thirteen three right now.
1: I'm, I will admit that that is not an easy closing stretch of seven for Philadelphia. No, between realistically, Seattle- I was just going to say, realistically speaking, they could lose up to three of those games.
0: I was Absolutely. about to say a split with Dallas, Seattle. And what could be a last possession game with LA? That's a 13 and 3, maybe 12 and 4 scenario. If
1: that game does not get flexed to Sunday Night Football, the NFL is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah if that game doesn't
0: get flexed to Sunday Night Football, some of us are going to take a trip up to New York. <laughs> they should be We're gonna- flexing
4: the Rams in the New Orleans game to Sunday Night Football this week. But, no, we have to watch um, the Dolphins again because, you
1: know, fuck the NFL. Um, hey, oh, hey, 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 wait, you know what, oh. not, yeah, to mention,
0: well.
1: not to mention, not to mention, Sean, New Orleans plays Buffalo. Look at your schedule.
4: <laughs> they, oh, yeah, they do,
2: that's right. Hey, hey, New Orleans <laughs> and Buffalo is that's better. That's my podcast. And that and that um that Monday night game is the Panthers and the Dolphins. It's on Monday. Oh, that's, that's
4: what I yeah, yeah they need to, they
2: need to learn to flex these Monday night games. I know they can't. Oh no,
0: no. This is what they're not gonna flex it because that means helping ESPN, which the NFL, let's face it, the past couple of years, they are not <laughs> friends with ESPN. Nope.
1: <sighs> Sad. <laughs> uh, Los Angeles and New Orleans is the Sunday night. Get, get off my podcast, Garmer.
4: Oh yeah, Harry doesn't make mistakes all the time here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he That's the Jewish quarterback was blink blink ever. <laughs> That that there's a difference, Sean. It's my show.
3: <laughs> oh,
1: no, in all seriousness, that is our producer Sean Garmer chiming in here. All right, no, I mean, uh, I'm not going to say I'm not going to sit here and say Dallas isn't going to make the playoffs because they are, and we'll talk more about playoff teams in the we'll talk more about playoff teams in the NFC in a few moments. We still have three other divisions to pick here, but I think we all agree that Philadelphia is winning the AFC, the NFC oh, yeah. East. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Over.
1: All right, let's move to the NFC North, and this is one of the divisions where I think the current leader might be in trouble. Do not be surprised if Stafford leads Detroit to the division title in the NFC North. Yeah. I uh, don't I don't buy Minnesota.
0: I don't as, as no, I don't. much as I love Teddy Bridgewater and I do think he will see playing time this season, because I don't think Case Keenum is going to be able to keep this up. I think that's probably what's going to sink the Viking ship. Detroit, I think they're starting to figure out a lot more, especially with the red zone, and that's really what could carry them over the line.
4: They still had problems with the Packers game with the
0: red zone. Not as much. Not They as couldn't much. run it in for a yard. Yes, and they benched Amir Abdullah. That was the first step. They're yeah. identifying problems, and they're working towards solving them. It takes
1: time. Theoretic needs more carries for my fantasy teams.
4: Yeah. Not See? Sure. <laughs> yeah. He's not wrong because
1: Abdullah can't hold on
4: to the ball at all.
1: Well, not to mention, just look at the upcoming schedule. Look at the upcoming schedule for Detroit still, too. They still play the Browns and the Bears twice. Yep. Win, win, Minute, win, done. Min, min, not to mention, they have a rematch with Minnesota at home in Ford Field, meaning they went to Minnesota earlier in the year and beat the Vikings. I feel like both of these teams could end up 10-6, and six, and Detroit has the tiebreaker by taking the two games against Minnesota. Indeed.
0: Indeed. I'm Minnesota
1: picking the Lions. Minnesota doesn't have
4: that hard of a schedule either, though. They've got Washington. Besides the Rams, you've got Lions, Redskins, Falcons. That's all winnable games. Who knows what the Panthers are going to be at that point? you got... Bengals, and you end the season with the Packers and Bears? I mean, that's really nice there for the Vikings.
1: I mean, the Lions end the season, Bears, Bengals, Packers. That's
2: be yeah, tough. That's be close yeah it's, it's the
1: same three teams that they have. That's funny. But Not yeah. to mention, I mean, I will say this much based on the schedule that I'm seeing in front of me. Unfortunately, for the thing that could work against Detroit is the fact that they still have four road games still left on the schedule. And Minnesota got one of their actual road games not on the road this year because the Cleveland game would have been in Cleveland but instead got moved to London. Well,
0: that's yeah. even more of
4: a road game. I mean, than the best. Vikings have five road games. Mm. It's, it's going to be a toss-up, like you'll say, you know, Who knows? But, yeah, I would put my uh, money on Stafford, like you guys were saying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I- I thought Sean was going to make his predictions on football to the max. I'm
4: not making season. We don't do this whole let's go back on the season thing. I made my horrible picks at the beginning of the season. They get stuck for the whole season. That's how it works.
1: Well, we get a mulligan here on the kickoff.
4: That's nice.
0: And I'm thankful because even though my predictions got cut off on football to the max, I was thinking back and I'm like, I really need to not make these sort of predictions at 2 in the morning. <laughs> All
1: right. Let's move on to, in my opinion, what should be the two most competitive division races coming down. We start with the NFC South, where it is a two-horse race between New Orleans and Carolina. I got to be honest with you guys. I actually think this game against Buffalo this weekend is really big for New Orleans if they plan to hold off Carolina.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I was gonna start by saying nothing would be finer than being in Carolina, but I'm realizing it. it Who that think they're gonna beat them Saints? I mean, come on. Any time that you can actually win a game without needing Drew Brees to throw a touchdown pass, that is scary. Scary.
1: <laughs> Let's also not forget that New Orleans went into Carolina earlier in this year when they were Irwin 2 and beat the Panthers as well. 34-13. Yeah. Yeah.
4: That started their win streak.
2: Yeah.
1: An upset that might I add, I called right here on the kickoff.
2: Look at you being right oh. on your predictions.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, that reminds me real quick. Real quick aside, as far as the Are You Serious predictions go, the updated standings and scoreboards will be given to everybody next week on the kickoff. Two of our participants have missed a week, so they're making double predictions this week to make up for it. Back to our conversation about the NFC South. Steven. Yeah, this,
4: is, this is so weird with the Saints. Outside the Lions, all the teams that they beat after the Panthers are kind of – you're talking about beating the Dolphins, Packers, Bears, and Bucks, Not – that great teams here on this Wednesday. They don't, control, they don't control the schedule. Oh, I know, but I'm just saying, this building, like, like Harry's saying, is important to see where your real barometer is right here.
1: Not to mention, you can make the argument that just as important as the Buffalo game will be the game in two weeks at the Los Angeles Rams.
2: Yep, yep. That's, That's a good. good one. Good one. But like, like Sean just said, the Saints play a lot of cupcakes this year. This, they host the Panthers after the Rams, at the Falcons, host the Jets, host the Falcons, and then finish in Tampa. A lot of, I mean, I am a feeling like Carolina's going to blow it because Cam Newton did have a top target. Devin, I said this last night on my show. Devin Funches, not the guy that everyone, I expect him to be. I already wanted him to do something. He didn't do it. He hasn't done anything. He's not going to do anything. And they discovered a Calvin Benjamin. Great move for Buffalo. Really dumb move for Carolina. I don't understand it. New Orleans is going to win the division because that defense, I believe, still in 39 games has forced at least one turnover every single game. What a defense. This
1: is, in my opinion, this year is the Sean Payton redemption story.
2: Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. After an
1: absolutely awful series of seasons back-to-back for New Orleans with a pair of seven wins, if I'm not mistaken. I want to say they went seven and nine back-to-back. Yes. Under both Peyton as well as, in my opinion, the worst defensive coordinator in football, Rob Ryan. I can't disagree Uh, there. Uh. New Orleans has proven that they have all of the firepower that they need in order to go a very long way in the NFC this year. They have... They, they have Drew Brees at quarterback. They have Mark Ingram at running back. They have Michael Thomas as their star wide receiver. And they have a reliable, durable, a tight end in Cody Fleener. Uh, this is a, Saint, You're this missing
4: is a Saints team. you guy, though, is Alvin Kamara. He's been the game changer.
1: He has been huge for them. This is a Saints team that has a ton of potential. I would not be surprised not only to see the Saints win the NFC South, but also get a week one bye in the first round.
2: Yeah. Let me, check this, let me check the stands again. The it way the
0: NFC is going. Yeah. Way, it, possible, but boy, that would be a week 17, as a certain New Yorker that I know would like to call it, good early morning sports fan sort of scenario. Just look those up <laughs> on YouTube and you'll understand.
1: I'll give you a hint a whiteboard is involved. <laughs> let's go ahead and t- let's go ahead and talk about the NFC West, shall we? Let's surely. I I appreciate everything that Jared Goff has done this season, and the Rams are a fantastic story halfway through. Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson, and the rest of Seattle, in my opinion, there's just too much experience, there's too much firepower, and there is too much determination to get back to where they've been the past four seasons. Here, Seattle wins the NFC West.
0: Too much firepower, too much experience, too much gum chewing. Hashtag
2: gum <laughs> chewing. <calls. laughs> I love that. Seattle's going to come back. They I mean they've they've struggled over the past couple weeks, including. Oops! Defense gave up, but yeah, Seattle's going to win the division. Los Angeles will come really, really close, but they're not there yet. They're just not there.
4: I'm gonna I'm gonna be the one that disagrees with you guys. With Sean McVay's oh. done with this team this year, you look at the schedule that they have. How many teams that are here that they can beat? Uh, it, look, they've already gone and and put it to Seattle once. This is a team you don't want to mess with. They, they, if, when they're rolling, they roll, and uh, this defense is no joke either. They've been one of the best defenses in this I, league.
1: I just, I can't, I can't undermine the experience that Seattle is going to have when it comes to these pressure pack situations that are going to come down in weeks fifteen, sixteen, and seventeen when it comes to this NFC West race. Pressure no. burst pipe, Sean. Not to
0: mention, we'll November see. is historically Russell Wilson's month.
2: They we'll turn see, I think
4: the Rams have a better shot against the Eagles than Seattle does. But we'll, we'll see how that
1: That goes. being said... Oh, yeah,
2: yeah I, I agree with
1: that. That being said, I do think the Rams get into the playoffs. They are my five seed in the NFC. My six seed, as I mentioned earlier, is the Dallas Cowboys. Same. When
0: looking at those teams, especially Zeke comes up with these little legal miracles to keep on playing. I think they're going to work the clock just enough to where Zeke is going to be available through Week 17. Now, complete off time is a question mark, but as long as this Uh, keeps going, I think the NFL screwed
4: themselves on that regular season games you put semantics in there they're gonna semantic it out of you in the courtroom
0: oh all the more reason and that would give the Cowboys a little bit of a playoff spark but yeah they get in Rams get in as well sorry Carolina but uh Cam Newton's gonna be walking out of another press conference come week 17
1: yeah, but what's going to happen is Dallas is going to go to uh, Dallas is going to end up going to Detroit Week One of the postseason and losing. So
4: mm, I don't know about that.
2: Uh, well, if it, I six playing, if six playing, that team can right beat now, going to Minnesota.
1: <laughs> I don't think Minnesota gets in. I think Minnesota absolutely collapses in the second half of the season and ends
2: up eight and eight.
0: Oh, that's
2: possible. And we did last year. They started five and oh, officially eight eight. So I think I anything is anything is possible, right? <laughs> All right, Stephen. who do you got? <laughs> um you were you were spot on with yours. I mean I'm, I'm going with yours. The Cowboys are the sixty because the uh, the Eagles excuse me, also the Giants. Eagles are not giving up the division. I feel like they'll clinch the NFC East after a win if they win next Sunday night in Dallas on Sunday night football, which, you know, could be a good it could be a good game with year's And who did you say your 5 suit was? I know I agree with you. Remember who it was?
1: Los Angeles Rams.
2: There you go. Because the Rams are not winning the division, they they will be the <laughs> 5 C. And if the game, if the Cowboys do play in Detroit, it's a loss. Because remember what happened last time they went to Detroit? It was 2013. I'll never forget it. And now I'm going I'm going on right now, but the Cowboys had a lead with like 10 seconds left. They gave two plays in 61 yards, and Matt Stafford... Dove into the end zone for the gaming score. So mad. All right,
1: Sean, so you're so adamant that the Rams are going to win the NFC West. Who are your wild cards? Uh,
4: uh, this one's tough. I think you need to watch out that Redskins-Seattle tiebreaker that the Redskins got, because that's oh who could be winding up fighting for that those wild cards is between the Cowboys, Washington and Seattle and Washington beat Seattle. So uh,
3: same thing goes,
4: same thing goes for the, you know, when the Rams Cowboys are fighting it out, the Rams beat the Cowboys. So that's, those are going to be interesting uh, when you get down there. But I, I think the, the Cowboys are going to get in uh sixth. I will say if Zeke ends up serving the suspension, then, you know, you might have to start looking at those Redskins, honestly. Uh, but uh,
1: if, no. Zeke, if Zeke gets suspended, I think Carolina takes Dallas's place at the sixth spot.
4: I also wouldn't sleep on the Vikings maybe get in the wild right card either. And
1: I swear, if I have to put up with
0: Kirk Cousins for the rest of this season and him somehow sneaking and making a miracle over the playoffs, I am not going to be a good person to deal with. Well,
1: Minnesota, Washington's, Washington's about to be four and six, so it's not going to matter here in two weeks.
0: Oh, I hope in everything that's holy that that happens.
1: Minnesota this week at New Orleans <laughs> next week.
4: It's hard for me not to think Seattle's going to make it in some way, just with all that experience and everything. So I'm going to say Seattle, and then the Cowboys. But and that NFC is going to come down to the wire. You got way too many teams that
3: could win oh, yeah. it.
1: Yeah, I don't think there's any question. The NFC is the superior conference this year. Oh, no, absolutely. Agreed. And traditionally, this tends to kind of go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth here. But looking at the looking at the standings on ESPN.com here, there are ten teams in the NFC that are five hundred or better. There are seven in the AFC. Yep. Yeah,
0: yeah. You're looking at Miami is at four and four. They're in seventh.
1: Excuse and- me. I thing. said corrected. There are twelve teams in the NFC at five hundred or better, and there's six in the AFC. Seven. Seven. My, seven. Who's who's? Dolphins. The
2: seven? Dolphins, so four, at four. Four f-
1: Dolphins at four and
2: four. Dolphins at four and four or seventh. That they said five hundred or better than five hundred.
4: Well, I've had five hundred or better. No, okay. going the,
1: no. NF- the NFC has Philadelphia, Washington. Or not Washington. Philadelphia, Minnesota, New Orleans, Carolina, Los Angeles and Seattle all over five hundred. Washington, Detroit, Green Bay, Atlanta, and Arizona are all at five hundred.
2: Dallas is also over five hundred.
1: I said Dallas. He said that. No. Philadelphia, Dallas, Minnesota, New Orleans, Carolinas, the Rams, and Seattle are all over five hundred right now. That's insanity to me. The yeah. fact that the fact that three quarters of that conference are at or above five hundred.
4: Well, some of those teams aren't gonna be five hundred after this week, so
1: <laughs> Look.
0: The Jaguars are five and three. That automatically tells you it's a crazy
1: season. Uh, sitting right there at five and three with you, brother. <laughs> As a matter of fact, everybody on this podcast is five and three. Because Steven, Steven and Sean are
2: Dallas fans. Good thing Brandon's not here.
1: Yep. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he would be pulling Brand- up
4: the rear. <laughs>
1: Brand- Brandon's not here to drag down our winning percentage. We don't discuss him today. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, that, that officially finishes our updated playoff predictions. We'll do actual playoff picks when it comes time to get to the postseason Those are just our our projections for who's going to make it. Obviously, we'll do week-by-week breakdowns when it comes time for the playoff games. It's kind of what we do here on the kickoff. All right, let's go ahead and switch our focus over to college football and our updated predictions for the college football playoff Big Four. (sighs) You no, don't. it's going to be cr- it's going to be crazy when Notre Dame gets in and Georgia doesn't. What? Huh? Say what? now? what? Top <laughs> overall seed will be Alabama. Yeah, they're going to win the SEC conference. Yep. And they are going to put Georgia in their place in the SEC title game.
2: Yep. I don't know. They're going to yeah, they'll beat Georgia. I have. It's going to be close.
1: I have an upset that I think is going to happen this week, but it is not my official prediction. I'll talk about it more. And are you serious? I'll mention it briefly here. Georgia doesn't survive this weekend.
0: Hmm. War. Eagle. <laughs> mm, I, uh, ooh. I don't are know.
1: Leaping out the dam. <laughs> my. My actual are you serious pick is not this game, but I will not be surprised at all if I'll, if Auburn beats Georgia this Saturday afternoon in what I believe is the three thirty
2: c b s game yep
4: it is c b s has two games i think again
2: yep one. they have a Florida and I think played south carolina, carolina. Florida They're and affected. South Carolina
4: I bet you they wish they didn't have to have that game <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. How does it feel to have someone from the U as your head coach? Well, it's not going to matter because our head coach next year is going to be Lane Kiffin. Oh.
4: oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> all right, up, anyway. Uh, well, we won't have to do the Lane Back- Train segment because <laughs> Harry will already be talking about the Gators all all season.
1: you yeah, goddamn right, Sean. Anywho. <laughs> um, number two... Number two for the college football playoff, Notre Dame. Sorry, Eric, your run ends Saturday.
0: Ah, uh, shit. Uh, I am so torn because it's chaos versus Catholics versus convicts. And it's
1: ah, too many seats. Nice. <laughs> Number three, Oklahoma. Oh, whoa,
2: whoa. I like that.
1: Ooh, ooh. I like that. Big 12 champions, Oklahoma.
2: Yep, I like that.
1: Number four. ACC champions. Clemson.
0: Oh come on!
4: That, that <laughs> is involved. You know, actually, if you want if you, you want it. chaos, here's what you should actually hope for here. Is that Miami beats Notre Dame, and then Miami loses to Clemson, and Alabama uh, loses to Georgia, or or vice versa? I guess at that point, and Georgia because then you have both the champions have one, you know, both the the guys that were in the SEC and ACC champions have one loss, and you have to go. Well, did we put those guys in, or did we put somebody else in? That's, I think that's really interesting. Nobody's talking about the whole "what if Clemson and Miami wind up a one loss." And Alabama, the only loss Miami has is the end.
1: Alabama, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Clemson. Eric, you're up. You know, as much as
0: I would love the chaos for especially alluding to one of my RU series picks, because yes, by this definition, I would be, I would have number one, Alabama, number two, Georgia, because I think with Kirby Smart and the fact that the game's going to be in Atlanta, that is going to be a bigger dogfight than Nick Saban realizes. Number three, alluding to my other Are You Serious pick getting involved, the committee has set kind of a dangerous, dangerous precedent in this one. But... I've got to lean as much as it pains me to say, potentially Ohio State. Now, granted, a lot of craziness would happen for the Big Ten to make this go. But if anybody has shown that they can navigate that chaos, it is
1: Urban Meyer, and no more.
4: Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah, go
1: ahead. Go ahead and finish. I'll I'll voice my opinion as soon as you're done.
0: Number four, because a certain streak with a certain coach is going to remain intact and a certain other team is going to be weakened by this point, I'm putting my Amy in. This thing, There's something about this team now, especially after that Virginia Tech game. Homerism aside...
1: There's some legit danger for this team, for everybody else
0: in the ACC. All right,
1: I don't want to see those matchups for two reasons. One, Ohio State is out after getting absolutely bitch slapped yeah. by Iowa. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, number two, I have no interest in seeing Mark Rick play the part of Nick Saban's bitch a second time. Oh, come on. I Rick could never beat Saban at Georgia. He's not going to beat him with Miami. Oh, but you? Oh, come on! With, oh, it would
0: really the, the the open the smack and the pap-pap, It wouldn't, at the
1: very least, not be that bad. It wouldn't be that bad. I don't. I don't see it. I really don't. If Miami, if Miami goes undefeated, winning the ACC, they're not the four seed either.
0: Well, of course, they would probably be higher. I would hope the committee would be smart enough to put them potentially at the three,
1: but I doubt that they would go higher than the three. Uh, I disagree. I think you guys could jump all the way up to two if you guys go undefeated.
0: Oh God, that would be a miracle.
1: Whoever wins, whoever wins the SEC title is the number one overall seed. I don't think there's any question there.
0: Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah.
1: Be that Georgia, be that Alabama. It doesn't matter. Whoever wins the SEC title is going to be the overall number one seed. Although, Alabama might want to look out. They still have a very dangerous Auburn team to look out for.
0: Yeah, and especially things go Auburn's way, and if they continue having the good season they have, those Iron Bowls are killers.
1: Let's not forget the prayer at Jordan-Hare and the kick six were Georgia and Alabama, respectively.
2: Ooh. (laughs)
1: That being said, though, I completely disagree with your Ohio State prediction. I think Iowa booted them once and all from the conversation.
0: I want to say yes, but and again, I might prove myself wrong. I'm first to admit it, but with this committee, I don't know. It's weirdness. If not Ohio State, then whoever winds up winning the Big Ten – There's potential in there.
4: Um, The only way is if Michigan State or Wisconsin won the Big Ten.
1: I was going to say, an undefeated Wisconsin team gets in. Michigan State probably doesn't.
0: Well, I would be leaning towards Wisconsin, but then that would be counterintuitive for my RU series. Remember that
4: Michigan State will have wins over Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, and then Wisconsin as well who would be undefeated you would think at all that right. point that's four huge wins all
2: They're right a that's a
1: win. that's fair that's a fair assessment and their their losses would be what Notre Dame and Northwestern uh,
4: Northwestern in triple overtime
1: who they just
4: ranked by the way just to try to justify their 12th ranking of Michigan which i thought was so funny I was like, "Come on, you didn't have to rank Northwestern for that." But whatever. wait,
1: did you just say Michigan is ranked twelfth? Yes, Michigan as in Wolverines. Or Michigan State, uh, sorry, Michigan, uh, Michigan State, State. Okay, is twelve. Okay, yeah, Michigan State. I guess I'm more a little more likely to buy than, Michi- than Michigan at twelve, but
4: no, no, Michigan. Th- this,
1: this committee has a Big Ten bias. <laughs> What's with all the biases, committee? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny because it's the SEC guy saying that. Steven,
2: give me your big four for the college football playoffs. Oh, man. I'm going to get a lot of crap for mine. Number one's Alabama because they're Bama. And they've been number one in the final poll since Nick Saban's been there since in 2007. Since he joined 2007. Two? Georgia. Yeah, they're going to lose to Bama. But that's one loss in the SEC title game to Bama. Uh, they run the table. I still feel like they're playoff team. Three, I'm going with. I believe, and Eric, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm going with the Convicts. Notre Dame's getting oh, to the oh. playoff. Whoa! I, Notre Dame. Catholics in there. Notre Gordon. Dame are the Catholics. Okay, then. I. I mean, I don't. I don't follow this rivalry. Just know that. Anyway, Notre Dame is a religious school. Uh, it's a it's a Catholic school. I mean,
0: uh, <laughs> mean... <laughs> to touchdown Jesus, Stephen.
2: <laughs> I'm feeling Notre Dame beats Miami this week because Miami, as much as they're undefeated and all this hype, and hard rock's game is going to be absolutely packed Saturday night. Notre Dame's going to win with six seconds left on a touchdown pass from
4: oh Brandon my God. Wimbush. You're
2: trying to kill Eric, and the the is <laughs> going to be absolutely Nicole. silent as Notre Dame solidifies their spot in playoff. Sean, Sean, mark
0: this tape. I'm not going (laughs) to say anything else. Just mark this
1: tape. That is all. Sean, is it wrong that I can hear Eric's heart breaking all the way in Ohio?
4: (laughs) I'm pretty sure you can. I'm here pretty well here. I'm
2: sorry, Eric, but I'm feeling Notre Dame's a much better team than Miami. And they're going to win in upset fashion.
4: I can feel your presence presence overlording. All I am going
2: to say (laughs) for the purposes of this broadcast, mark that team. And for Oklahoma, love the Sooners this year. Even though they lost to Iowa State, Baker Mayfield scored four touchdowns in that game. And that that right there, plus his game in Bedlam and the way that they beat Ohio State in Columbus tells me that this is a playoff team. If you want to hear more yeah. on my possible playoff cop four, you listen to the latest episode of the SCU show now available on WTNM.com. Chill. It's it, to me with Oklahoma, it's going to be a case
1: of whether or not Iowa state can finish second in the big 12. If Iowa state ends up the runner up in the big 12 and Oklahoma gets a chance at redemption in the big 12 title game, the Sooners are in And I think with the fact
0: that the Big 12 is one of these cases to where, yes, it's brilliant that they were able to finagle getting that title game back. But as I said, who's going to be able to beat whom twice in this scenario?
3: Hmm.
0: And at this point, I don't know if anybody would
1: really be up to the task. (laughs) They're gonna end up picking each other off round robin style, much the same way they do in college basketball. Uh-huh.
0: And they play that round robin conference schedule, which allows them to have the title game to begin with.
1: So that reminds me, Friday night, 9 o'clock, ESPNU, Rock Chalk, Jayhawk.
0: Ah, uh, yes, the point where Kansas becomes relevant. <laughs>
1: One hundred percent agree with that because they just gave Baylor their first victory in college football this year. Bears win! The Bears win. All right, let's let's get to our Heisman predictions here. Congratulations, JT Barrett. You screwed yourself. Way to go. <laughs> or you guys look really
4: bad for saying JT Barrett was the front runner.
2: Whoa, whoa. Yeah, we that was nice. we we really bombed that one.
0: I didn't say a word.
1: I yeah. A minute. <laughs> well, in fairness, JT doesn't play defense, and apparently, no, neither does anyone else at Ohio State. <laughs> I, to me, right now, you have to consider the front runner for the Heisman Trophy to be Baker Mayfield. Oh yeah. Um,
0: Eric, agree? Disagree? I still disagree. I I would definitely bring at this point to me. Mayfield's going to New York, but I still say Saquon Barkley has a couple opportunities to prove himself, but if it winds up Oklahoma being the one going to the Big 12 title game, then yeah, it would be Mayfield's at that point.
2: Steven? Yeah, I think Mayfield's already wrapped it up. I mean, mean, Bob, Barkley had had his struggles he didn't do much against Michigan State last week even in a loss I said this earlier even at a loss Baker Mayfield still shined and in every other game this year Baker Mayfield has done nothing but shine against Texas Oklahoma Oklahoma State I mean, Oklahoma Ohio State Oklahoma State he just, he just he has solidified his spot for the Heisman Trophy winner in my opinion
1: to me those are the those are three of the four right there, and honestly, I wouldn't be surprised to see the fourth person come from the big the Big Ten as well. That being Wisconsin running back Jonathan Taylor. Yep. Oh yeah. It's remember, big game rivalry game last game.
0: If you're looking at all of those, I have to concede Mayfield has the biggest
1: advantage. Well, not to mention, May- Mayfield still has the, pro- the probable opportunity to play in his conference's championship game. I don't know that Ohio State's going to get that opportunity. The only way they'll get that chance is if they beat Michigan State. Mm-hmm. I think it's almost a certainty Penn State doesn't have that opportunity anymore.
0: Oh, unfortunately. Unfortunately.
1: Sean, do you want to chime in here with a Heisman Trophy prediction?
4: I think it's Mayfield's to lose at this point. I mean, yep. I don't know who's yeah. gonna beat him. Like uh, you know, it's just everybody else that's possibly in the running. They've lost too many times, or you're Saquon Barkley. And you have too many games where you kind of just, you know, were meh. You know, it's not. So. Yeah,
1: it's not even that. It's not even that Barkley's disappeared in games, but his biggest game of the season this year, other than the 31-yard touchdown run and the kickoff return. 21 carries for 32 yards, or for 42 yards, excuse me. I think
4: they'd be willing to forgive that if Penn State was in the running to make the playoffs, but well, I think again, it's just too difficult right now.
0: Well, that goes to the whole last game theory, and Penn State would have to get to the Big Ten title game to give himself a chance, which, let's face it, they're not.
1: I think that... I think that Saquon Barkley goes to New York, but as Sean said, this is Baker Mayfield's trophy to lose at this point. Agreed. And that's going to wrap up our midseason reviews and predictions for what's going to happen for the rest of the year. Obviously, we don't know what's going to happen. We're just as interested to watch as you guys are. And I guarantee you we'll be here to talk about all of it as the kickoff will continue going all the way up past Super Bowl Sunday. Gentlemen, it is now time for my personal favorite segment on this show, Lane Train. Woo hoo!
2: <laughs> Statement win. Statement win for FAU last Saturday, beating Marshall thirty-five thirty. That is key. That is huge win for awesome. FAU. Have they lost that? I feel like Marshall would have won the Conference USA, but now it's gonna. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a. It's so close. You can barely see the space between FAU and Marshall. I definitely think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they're different conference, uh, divisions. If they aren't, then I'm wrong. But I feel like uh-huh. this is going to be the championship game between these two. going to be very, very close. And uh, like I said, and this all started as a joke, but Lane Giffen's really doing something at FAU. He, he didn't do start up the season so well, but he's bottom up from the bottom. Start from the bottom, now they're there. They are looking like they can win the Conference USA this year. I can't wait to see what they do the rest of the way.
1: Okay, first of all, groan for the Drake reference.
2: <laughs>
1: Second of all, 30-25 to 25 was the final score of the Marshall game.
2: Oh, cl- Close enough.
1: Third, Florida Atlantic and Marshall are in the Conference USA East. The probable finale for the Conference USA is a rematch between Florida Atlantic and North Texas. But don't
0: forget the Schnellenberger Bowl. (laughs) Yeah,
4: I can't can't believe it's FIU and FAU for that
1: conference now. FAU and FIU, Florida Atlantic and Florida International, are probably battling for Conference USA East. Conference USA West is going to come down to Sean's North Texas Mean Green and the UTSA Texas San Antonio Roadrunners. Uh, How is that
4: possible? UTSA has two wins in the conference.
0: They it would be UAB and yeah, North Texas. Yeah, UAB that decided, hey, we can't afford a team for the season. And then the boosters said, like hell, you're getting rid of this program. We're coming back. Look at what's
1: happened now. <laughs> Life in the conference USA, ladies and gentlemen. That's all yeah. I can say. And they yeah. already
4: beat UAB this year, so it'll just be about m- making sure North Texas doesn't lose.
1: It is as I've said before: we are definitely the football podcast that gives the most attention to Conference USA.
4: <laughs> I will say, North Texas is a really tough game against Army. About in like two weeks, in two weeks from now, it's amazing what Army's done this year. They're freaking seven and two.
1: And they're so, the first team to accept a bowl bid for this calendar season as well. Yep.
4: Hey, yeah. you know, the way they're going. What if they're in Ar- one of the at-large spots?
1: No. Army, well, Army's already accepted a bid to the Armed Forces Bowl. Gee, funny how that worked
4: out. That's if they're not in one of the New Year's Six, is it? They they're not,
1: gonna they're they're not the going to be in one of the New Year's Six. They should yeah, go no. to them
4: just because they're Army. Come on. No, no that's,
1: that's going to come... I'm that's gonna kidding. come down okay. to whatever happens in the American between central Florida and South Florida
0: yep true the, the other war on i fours they call it
2: uh. <laughs> and with that Stephen? the lane train is arrives at the station
1: <laughs> or it reach its destination whichever take your pick I guess I, yeah, you know or We're running long, so it's fine. All right, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and get into our final segment for the show here, gentlemen. Are you serious? All right, so I was going, I was going to announce Brandon's predictions, but instead I'm not going to because they're the same as Eric's. So Eric, your first set of predictions, please.
0: You know, for the first time, there are two teams that meeting that if we're meeting. Both being ranked in the Associated Press poll. That hasn't happened since 1990. Guess what, folks? It's a Saturday night. It's hard rock. Sweet unis. Break out that turnover chain. Because there's a hurricane warning in South Florida. Oh, yeah. Y'all in South Bend. Y'all go ahead. Go to South Beach party. I can tell you a couple places if you're looking for shenanigans, but you ain't winning a football game. Not on my watch. And like I said, Sean, mark that tape with Steven. Throwing that out there. (laughs) And as a bonus, in the case of equity in the standings, ah, you know, cheese gets old. Cheese goes bad. Cheese gets moldy. Wisconsin, yeah. There's certain political people whom I can't stand aside. Sorry, you got to deal with Iowa. I wouldn't have said this at the beginning of the season, but it ain't the beginning of the season. Hawkeye, they're taking care of business. So you could definitely
4: say to Wisconsin, sorry about your damn luck.
0: Exactly. <laughs> See,
4: we have to make a wrestling <laughs> reference at one point in the show every time. So.
1: <laughs> Alright, I'm back. I stepped away to grab a drink. I had my microphone muted. Alright, I'm back.
4: Oh, hey, uh, Mr. Wrestling Reference. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: Sean? Sean? Sorry yeah. about your damn luck. Yes, I did, <laughs> and I busted out my James Storm impression. All right, that's the reference uh, I just said, so it's fine. Not... <laughs> I know that's that's why I said it. I I had the I had the audio playing. I just had my microphone muted oh, yeah. while I grabbed a drink. You also missed Brand- the
4: one we could have made about the hurricane as well.
1: But. Brandon's. Brandon's college upset pick as well is Miami over Notre Dame. Steven, you've got two college picks in order to create equity in the standings. Give me them.
2: All right. Alabama has won nine straight against Mississippi State by a combined 23.6 points per game. Mississippi State has not scored a touchdown against Bama since 2014. Yeah. I'm serious. I just shot on Sports Center myself. And this Saturday, Alabama will once again beat Mississippi State. <laughs> That's not enough then. I just had to put that out there. Uh, my college upsets. I actually had to give two here, as uh, Harry just mentioned. First one, I like Iowa State. I like what they're doing. They beat Oklahoma State, they beat TCU, not Oklahoma State, they beat Oklahoma, and they beat TCU. Two of the best teams in the Big 12. They probably should have beaten West Virginia, but they weren't ready for that game. They are ready for Oklahoma State this week, though. Mason Rudolph, he's going to be exhausted after last week's game. Iowa State, uh, they go to Ames, by the way. Ames, Iowa. They're going to lose Iowa State. will upset Oklahoma State. Second one, I believe it's a Friday night game. I'm not sure about that. Well, I said it last year. Washington is overrated. Then again, they're overrated. And Bryce Love is the second-best running back in college football. Stanford upsets the ninth-ranked Huskies.
1: I mean, you could you, you could make the argument that, that Bryce Love of Stanford could be one of the people in New York City for the finals of that Heisman Trophy race yeah. as well. No, you really could. You really could. I mean, wasn't there a game earlier in this year where he had like 320 yards rushing? Yes. So, I mean, it really wouldn't surprise me to see Bryce Love's name on that call on that college football Heisman Trophy finalist list.
4: Yeah, and it also helps that that one game that he wasn't in, that Stanford barely, barely beat Oregon State, that helps him as well because it makes it – it shows how valuable he is.
0: Plus, he's still got the rivalry game, Stanford-Cal. Ooh, and they got right. Notre Dame as well at the end.
1: That's going to be, in my opinion, a big make-or-break game for Bryce Love. If if Bryce Love and Stanford can take down Notre Dame, especially if Notre Dame does handle business on Saturday night against Miami, that's a huge feather in the cap of Love and his Heisman Trophy contendership.
0: Sorry, Bryce. We ain't doing you any favors. I also think we need to
4: be watching out for the, the Adams kid for Notre Dame. He keeps going the way he's going. He could wind up. Oh, no.
0: Oh, no. We're going to stop him dead in his track Saturday. He won't be relevant.
1: So, so there's this team in the ACC that was a top 15 team a couple of weeks ago, but has since played back-to-back games with back-to-back losses against back-to-back highly rated opponents. I refer of course to the North Carolina State Wolfpack. They have suffered back-to-back losses against Notre Dame and Clemson. Boston College makes it 3 in a row this Saturday. Wow. Oh. Yeah,
0: I they are deflated at this point.
1: Any chance that any chance that NC State had it winning the ACC? Atlantic is gone. Any chance that NC State had at a New Year's Day or after bowl game is gone. Their will is broken. They have nothing left to play for. Boston College is still trying to fight to get to a bowl game. The Eagles fly. Yeah. You see
0: it's one of those. They're, one, they're a very sneaky team in these situations. And, again – when you're facing a team that high hopes and all of a sudden they're just in a couple of weeks crushed. Now granted, bad have had where my team was crushed just in a couple of minutes,
1: but I'm not going to go there. My secondary pick, although it's not counting for the standings, I stand by what I said earlier. It would not surprise me at all to see Auburn take down Georgia in Jordan-Hare.
0: Oh, that would make things messy. Good, but messy.
1: Auburn has a pair of losses right now in the SEC, or in college football. I believe Auburn is 7-2. and two. If memory serves, they were the highest-ranked two-loss team in the first college football playoff ratings. Yes. They still have Georgia, Alabama, and possibly the SEC title game in their wake. It is not over for the War Eagle and the Auburn Tigers.
0: Especially since one of those losses was to Clemson, crazier things have happened.
1: My official prediction is Boston College over NC State. Auburn over Georgia would not surprise me in the least. With that, we move to the National. Football. Eric, your picks. Well, there is a
0: certain quarterback who's a rookie and who's starting, who so far in his brief career has thrown 80 passes. Not completed, attempted 80 passes. There's another quarterback who will be playing in this game. Not a rookie, but, well... Pretty close to it, since he's playing behind, well, would some would argue, building himself as a living legend. It's the oldest rivalry in the league. They've had so many great moments. How Vegas came at this line, I have no idea. But for my first upset, one quarterback gets trusted much more over another.
1: The Packers beat the Bears. I still find it hard to believe that Chicago is favored in that game. By five. It's insanity to me. I mean, Brett Humley's bad, but he's not that bad.
0: No, and Trubisky, we don't even know because, again, he's only thrown 80 times. And for my second pick, yes, I've talked about them. Yes, I've applauded their nickname, and I've only mentioned the fact that they've worn teal uniforms twice. They're not going to help them this time. They're not going to wear teal again, and the Everbank curse will be right back on. The Chargers, who always seem to give the Jaguars fits, will come east and do the exact same all over again. Curiosity, what time that game? That game, I believe it's in the 4 o'clock window. I will
1: double check. All right, if that's a 4 o'clock start, then I could buy the Chargers winning this game. If it's a 1 o'clock start, I stand by what I've said before about Western teams coming east for a 1 o'clock kickoff.
0: Steven, uh, you- no, Go ahead, I- Eric. I'm corrected. It is the last of the 1 o'clock games.
3: Um, then
0: I'm
1: not Then I'm not as inclined to believe Chargers over Jaguars as I were originally. <laughs> Green Bay over Chicago, I think, is a gimme, but I think Jacksonville probably beats the Chargers. Uh, Steven, I need two from you. Hit me. Are you yeah,
2: serious? Boy. Yeah, I'm serious. People are not going to see this as an upset because the Falcons have been playing so bad this year, like we all said they would, because the my take a leg, right? I mean, come on. The Cowboys are a three-point underdog. How, I don't know. Zeke's going uh, to play. The home game, <laughs> they get three. I think it's three and a half. Yeah. The Cowboys should not be an underdog regardless. They are. They're not going to lose. The Cowboys beat the Falcons in Atlanta. I mean, the Falcons have... I mean, the teams in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, I know... There was a soccer game there for the MLS not too long ago where the home team got eliminated in that game. Not, teams have not had much success in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. The Falcons have won once since the opening of the stadium, I believe. And that was against the Packers. So Cowboys or Falcons. My second one, uh, Harry's going to love this. The Saints have lost the one six in a row, but I like what the Bills are doing. Yeah, they lost to the Jets, but that was like, a short week. Bills come back, they snapped the game, Saints' six game losing streak, but the Saints keep the turnover streak going. They forced the turnover against the, but the Bills, but the Bills win.
1: Um, first of all, I just want to state to both you and Sean that if you guys go to Atlanta and lose, you will not hear the end of it from me because Buffalo went to Atlanta and won earlier in the season.
4: Uh, I will say if Zeke is not playing, that's a big difference. But
0: not yeah. to mention the Stevens point, and before that playoff loss, Atlanta United was shellacking people at Mercedes Benz. <laughs> so there is success. And I
4: remember, they only won on penalties. It's not like they went in there and just well whooped Atlanta or anything.
2: Wrong, wrong, wrong! Football guys, wrong football. Yeah. If you want to hear more on the Atlanta FC team, which I believe was their—I don't know if I follow soccer, but I believe it was their first season. You can go check out Sean, Eric, and Rachel McCrigger on Soccer to the Max here on Wtunet.com. Chill. In addition, uh, real quick, Brandon's pick
1: agrees with uh, agrees with Eric once again: Green Bay over Chicago. Frankly, that's a freaking gimme. Hey,
0: free money, folks! Free money.
1: <laughs> so, I said that I think Seattle's going to win the NFC West earlier in the, earlier in the episode. Yeah. They aren't going to start this week, though. Because as I talked about my comeback player of the year being Adrian Peterson, Peterson leads the Saints and Drew Stanton, the Fighting Stantons, over Seattle on Thursday Night Football.
2: I didn't know the Saints were playing the
1: Seahawks. Or the Cardinals. My mistake. (laughs) God dang it.
4: This has been a mistake show today.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I I actually, I get the extra added goal of having called Sean out for the same thing earlier in the episode. Karma, thou art a bitch. (laughs) And instant in this case. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) I guess you could say the Karma Police arrested this man. Anywho. Oh. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Absolutely. That is dirty pool, Harry. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm picking Arizona over Seattle on Thursday Night Football with what will be the first Thursday night game on NBC this year as they finally move over from CBS. And... Mr play by play himself Tony Romo by which I mean he gives the game away play by play.
2: Yes, I don't I don't like Romo as a broadcaster either, but uh, NBC actually started off the season doing tonight and game. Then it switched then it switched over to CBS.
1: Well, he's okay, but right? yeah, I don't
2: again. Yeah, I don't I don't like him predicting the plays. Like come on man, just, I'm just... Yeah,
1: <laughs> don't make don't make your fan base feel stupid by not seeing what's coming like you do. Not everybody can be a former NFL quarterback, Tony.
4: No, there are. y'all are, apps. Y'all are I mean, not grasping this. You're learning
0: while listening to him. Come on. Not to mention that there are apps where you play games where you predict the next play. Don't yeah. you not that
2: is, that is completely different. That's a video he game. Used to
0: play that in bars
4: when <laughs> I was growing up.
1: It was a big thing at BW3 when I was younger.
0: Well, I don't know. There are are mobile apps that have rejuvenated that now. So, yeah, Romo's doing them
1: favors. It's called RomoVision. Oh, God. So, there you have your upset predictions for the week Arizona, Green Bay, Dallas, and Buffalo. Dallas, Buffalo, and the Los Angeles Chargers, although I still don't think that one happens. Out of those five games, I definitely think the Chargers is the least likely of the five.
0: It's still Jacksonville. If they wear the teal uniforms again, then yeah, different story.
1: (laughs) To quote Under Armour, protect that house, Eric.
0: Yeah, which we've only done once so far.
1: Twice, mm. you're two and two. At, oh, wait, that one home game was in London, wasn't it? Yes, yep. it was. Oh, that
4: was their house, too. That's like their second, you know. It'll be their home at well,
1: some technically point. Technically speaking. It'll, it'll be their official home in a couple of years. Support your team. Exactly. Save the crew. It'll be our
0: official home in, say, I don't know, 2020-ish.
1: <laughs> Do we have anything else to touch on before we get out of here? I know we ran a little bit long, and I apologize for that, guys. But, again... Uh, mid-season review for awards as well as updated predictions. It was bound to happen. We'll go back to our normal format next Wednesday night here on the kickoff. Anything else before we get out of here?
2: I just want to say, go Irish. <laughs> the <laughs> tape.
0: I love that. I leave it at that.
1: For our executive producer, Sean Garmer. And the two men I'm going to have to keep separated offspring style, Stephen <laughs> Err III and Eric Watkins, as well as the unfortunately absent Brandon Bing. We'll get his picks for you guys next week. I'm Harry Broadhurst. You have been listening to The Kickoff here on the W2M Network. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next Wednesday night.